This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, bringing to you the Short Talk Bulletin, published by the Masonic Service Association of North America every month since 1923. This, the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, is produced in cooperation with the MSA and is made possible with the generous support of a grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota. I'm Brother Dex Rowe. This short talk bulletin, The Masonic World, comes from March 1932. All of us live in a plurality of worlds. Each of us inhabits his world of the home, his world of business or profession, his world of pleasure, which may be anything from books to baseball. Freemasons live also in the Masonic world, but curiously enough, and rather pitifully, not one in a hundred adventures far into that land. For the majority of Masons, the Masonic world begins and ends at the doors of their lodges. The average Mason reads his lodge circular or trestle board, hears occasionally of lodge charities, now and then attends a lodge funeral. More rarely, he may be attracted to some inter-lodge gathering, as when a district deputy pays a visit to two or more lodges meeting under one roof, or an educational meeting in which several lodges participate, but unless he is an officer and a very interested official, or a Freemason with both curiosity and determination, he knows little of the many foreign countries of the Masonic world, its broad highways, its numerous bypaths, its beautiful vistas, its lovely landscapes, like him to whom a primrose by the river's brim was just a simple primrose and nothing more. Many a Mason believes the Masonic world to be an occasional evening at the lodge and nothing more. Yet what a world it really is, and how far it reaches, curiously intertwined with the social and civic worlds, avoiding or meeting them at will. The Masonic world is usually non-existent to the general public, except as the profane occasionally catches sight of it in public ceremonies or newspaper notice of a meeting of Grand Lodge, which is, as it should be, since Freemasonry devotes herself to the purposes silently, if not secretly, without ostentation or advertising, in jurisdictions where Masters and Wardens Association function in Masonic districts, the officers have an opportunity to envisage a larger horizon of their Masonic world than in states where each lodge is a little world unto itself, touching other little lodge worlds only at Grand Lodge. Masters and Wardens Associations bring together the principal officers of all lodges in a given area, affording an opportunity for the exchange of ideas, a solution of puzzling problems, and often foster visits by lodge to lodge, which makes for broader horizons to all that take part. The same may be said for those jurisdictions which have schools of instruction, either stationary in one place, traveling from district to district, or held occasionally or periodically at prearranged points which differ from year to year. Cities afford the opportunity to belong to a Masonic club, 
which small towns do not, Masonic clubs in which Masons from many lodges governed by a common purpose or occupation meet in fraternal intercourse have grown by leaps and bounds during the last few years. The employees of one great business may form a Masonic club. Physicians who are lodge members may form their club. Clubs exist in many cities which draw members almost wholly from a given trade. The majority of such Masonic clubs, which hold a national convention once a year, at which unified plans are discussed and furthered. Just now, Masonic club emphasis is put upon education, in which field a noble work has been and is being done. Some jurisdictions have looked with some disapproval on Masonic clubs, fearing that the tail may try to wag the dog. But in general, Masonic clubs have been guided by the spirit of the League and have been cooperative in worthy Masonic movements and avoided any conflict with Grand Lodges, in which, of course, they must inevitably lose. The very hearts of the Masonic world are the Grand Lodge, and he loses much who does not inform himself of the deliberations in these august bodies. A Grand Secretary would be bewildered, and probably greatly perturbed, if even one Mason in every ten should ask for a copy of the proceedings of the Grand Lodge. Yet what a marvelous outpouring of Masonic spirit might result if one Mason in ten did read the annual proceedings. For here is set forth the Alpha and Omega of the jurisdiction, the acts, the problems, the hopes, and the troubles of the fraternity. Annually, in most states, quarterly in two, here meet the master and wardens, in some states only the masters, sometimes the past masters, to legislate for the coming year, discuss problems, appropriate funds for the home or other Grand Lodge charity, admonish the lax lodge, and praise the leaders, and in general check up and take stock, plan, and go forward for another year. It would be most interesting to learn how many Masons know whether their Grand Lodge has a Masonic library. How many know whether they help support a Masonic home? And if so, where is it? How many know whether their Grand Lodge engages in a program of Masonic education? And if so, how many have made use of it? Yet these activities of Grand Lodge touch every Mason in his pocketbook, if nowhere else. It may be stated without fear of successful contradiction that no matter how large the state or how far from the Masonic home a brother lives, after visiting that home, he will agree that his time and money were well spent. Yet, of the multiplied thousands of Masons who give cheerfully to the support of a home where live the guests of the fraternity who can no longer fight their own battles, where the orphans of Master Masons are brought up to be self-supporting, happy, and successful citizens, not one in hundred ever sees this inspiring and ennobling sight. Truly the Grand Canyon and the Yellowstone Park of the Masonic world. Now and then a Grand Lodge lays a cornerstone or dedicates a Masonic temple. 
In some jurisdictions, the Grand Master empowers particular lodges to perform these functions. As in funerals, the Masonic world here touches the profane world. And as many non-Masons as Masons may observe the ceremonies. But the informed Mason knows of an inner meeting of the deposit of corn and the pouring of the wine and oil, which makes these observances of peculiar significance. Not to have seen them is to have missed one of the views of the Masonic world, which is both beautiful and informative. Every Grand Lodge has a committee on foreign correspondence. The reviews of the Masonic worlds by the devoted brother known as the Fraternal Correspondent are published yearly, usually as part of the annual proceedings, occasionally in a separate volume. The theory of the report of the Fraternal Correspondent is simple. It is supposed that Grand Masters and other officers of the Grand Lodge are too busy to read proceedings, which are published once each year in each of the 49 jurisdictions of continental United States and from 10 to 25 proceedings of foreign jurisdictions. The Fraternal Correspondent reads and digests them, then comments upon the work of these Grand Lodges, giving a summary of their labors and their accomplishments, noting that which is peculiar, new, different, odd, interesting, that all who run may read. Alas, these informative reports are read by far less brethren than would be interested did they only know where they passed by. But should that mythical one brother in every ten, I even one in every hundred, write to ask any fraternal correspondent for his report, it is feared that he might suffer an attack of heart failure. Yet no brother can really know his Masonic world who does not read this yearly guidebook to the foreign countries of other Grand Lodges. Some 75 journals in this country are devoted exclusively to the Masonic world. Some are excellent reading for Masons anywhere. Some are local to one jurisdiction, even to one city. Not to subscribe to at least one is to miss much that is interesting and informative. The Masonic world is very large. The brethren in one jurisdiction do and experience that which is unknown to the brethren of another. The Masonic Journal is a monthly record of that which is worth knowing in the Masonic world and should be a part of the equipment of every interested Freemason. Several publishing houses are devoted entirely to the production of Masonic books. The reading Mason knows a side of his fraternal world which the non-reader has never even heard of. Many splendid books have been written of various facets of the jewel which is Freemasonry, her history, her jurisprudence, her symbolism, hundreds on that subject her charities, her labors for mankind. Not dry, difficult-to-read volumes, but books filled with real Masonic light, to read which is a joy and an education. They are the glasses with which the nearsighted can see the far horizons of Freemasonry. 
Any of these publishing houses will be happy to send literature about these books to the interested. In many lodges, book clubs are formed, in which each of 10 to 25 brethren buys a book and then passes it on to the next brother in the club, receiving his in return. For the price of one book, the reading brother may thus dip into as many volumes as there are brethren in the club. The Lodge of Research is just becoming well known in this country. Three American Lodges of Research now function, and while they are all new, much is expected of them. In England and Canada are lodges of research which are well known, especially the great Quatar Coronati, number 2076, the Four Crown Martyrs of London, which has nearly a century behind it. The Lodge of Research is a regularly constituted and chartered lodge, but works no degrees, raises no brethren. It is devoted entirely to research into the fraternity and the publication and dissemination of papers and reports. A full set of the 41 bound volumes of the great London Lodge, Ars Quatar Coronatorum, familiarly known to librarians as AQC, these are all but priceless, comprising as they do the result of the work of historians, antiquarians, and Masonic educators for many years. Any Freemason may subscribe to the publication, become a member of the correspondence circle of the Lodge, and receive the quarterly reports. He who either buys or borrows volumes of the past will find therein a ticket to a new frontier of Freemasonry and travel in byways of the Masonic world, which, without such a guidebook, are sealed mysteries. The Masonic world includes several national movements, all who attend Grand Lodge know of the great George Washington Masonic National Memorial, erected by the Freemasons of the United States at a cost of more than $3 million. The association meets yearly, and from its labors has resulted this enormous structure which will stand forever. It is built only of granite, marble, and concrete, no structural steel being used as a monument at once to Washington, Freemason, and to the fraternity, which honors itself in honoring him. Coincident with the annual meeting of this association, the Conference of the Grand Masters meets in Washington, D.C., there to discuss for a day the mutual problems which are common to all Grand Lodges. The reports of these annual meetings are of intense interest containing the deliberations of the premier leaders of the craft, they should be read by every interested Mason. The Grand Secretaries also hold a conference for the discussion of their peculiar problems, as do Masonic librarians and educators. While more special than the reports of the Grand Master's Conference, the wanderer in the Masonic world will find in them much of informative interest. This short sketch of the extent of the Masonic world, like any other sketch, is intended only to be suggestive. The Masonic world has hundreds of other ramifications too numerous even to catalog, but 
Perhaps enough has been said to give an idea of its size and variety. He who will inform himself as here suggested will have no difficulty in following these unnamed pathways into the quiet pastures, the woods, and streams of the world of masonry, where are still waters and cool shade, interest and inspiration for all who will take the time to travel therein. This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry. And this has been the Short Talk Bulletin Podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America for the purpose of providing a common stock of vetted Masonic information to all of the constituent lodges of all of the member jurisdictions and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota, who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a supreme being to live according to the Masonic tenets of brotherly love, relief, and truth since 1853.